Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at ERMI. And for over 40 years, ERMI has been an industry leader in educating and informing insurance risk management professionals like you. In this episode, based on a SNAP talk presented at the 2021 ERMI Construction Risk Conference, Gary Clevenger, Vice President of Risk Control at CNA, provides tips for updating your business strategies and continuity plans to consider current workforce conditions. We hope you enjoy it. Starting to see trends in the root cause of the claims. Claims aren't changing much. We're still seeing the same volume. There's, you know, there's not a lot, you know, some going up, some going down. It's, it's, those are staying pretty steady, but we're seeing the reason for the claims. It's a lot of social distraction, a lot of distracted worker issues and such. So. A little bit of what we'll talk about here is the shortage of qualified workers. This has been a theme for a while, but it's really pronounced now, obviously. And what does that skilled labor shortage do to the construction industry? A lot of issues, right? Supervision impacts. We started looking at supervision impacts. What does that mean? How many people have been on job sites and supervisors have been on the job for two years now they're foremen or superintendents after three years? So there's elevation happening too in the supervision ranks that we don't even think about some of that creep. So always the quality concerns that go on as, as well. Supply chain disruptions. Does anybody go see the ports and, and run up and take the, take the look and see how many boats are sitting out there? So, um, you know, you definitely got the supply chain disruption, but how is that impacting the, the labor force? You know, you're at work, you think you're gonna get off at four, the shipment that was supposed to be there at eight gets there at two, you get off at 6.30, but then you're also hustling around trying to get it done. So you have all those issues. You have substitution. Who orders online the food cart and all that good stuff? You order that and you get substituted. You know, you get a, your, your food substituted. Well, the same things happen in construction. You're getting substitute materials. I had a roofer I was on the other day that they had TPO. They were putting down their TPO and they had, normally they use certainty, they were using Firestone. Well, Firestone is a little more elastic. It stretches more. And when they got to the end of the seams, they were off a quarter to a half an inch of an overlap, which I guess it was better than being short. So do you hot weld that seam with an overlap? Some will. Good contractors, not. They're going to cut it and then they're going to make it right. But that all impacted that job, that sequencing and, and such. So, a lot of impacts with supply chain and quality and, and energy and all those things that go to that. You know, how do we adapt to technology? Are we using technology to do training? How many technology companies are here? If you look at the vendors, what are most of the vendors here? It's something to do with technology, whether it's training for employees or tracking jobs or, or whatever the case may be. Think about the impacts from wearing PPE. Who, who basically during, during the pandemic was down just a couple days and went right back working? I mean, that was the majority of construction, right? And what does that impact have of, of your workforce in the summer wearing the mask and all the things they had to do as far as the quality of the work and, and then just their overall well-being and how they felt, you know, fatigue that came into play with the hours worked, all the work they were doing at home. Means and methods. Has there been changes in means and methods of doing the job? Normally you have two or three people doing an install, now you have one or two because you can't have proximity. So what does that look like? You know, you got all the prefab going on, but you prefab a 10-foot pipe array that normally three people would install. Sounded great at the, at the input point, but when now you're out there with one or two people, you can't move the pipe around. So now you have to go back and prefab it in three sections so one person can install it instead of three. So a lot of changes there. And then you get into worker distraction. What are all the things workers are distracted by? Just think of yourself. I was just talking to Jason over here. We had a gentleman fall through a roof, um, skylight. He had been on the job a number of years, trained in fall protection. They had all those zones set up right. Everything was perfect in that aspect. But he had been at lunchtime working with his kids who were at home going to school. They were at home on the computer because they, they, you know, they had a COVID outbreak at school. So he was working with them, trying to get them online and everything. So he didn't take a break. 
He didn't go to, you know, he didn't eat and he didn't go to the restroom. About two o'clock, he couldn't stand it any longer. So what'd he do? He made the decision, hey, I'm gonna run to the restroom. Unhooks, runs to a controlled access zone, falls to a skylight. Now, was that a cause of training? Was that a cause of fall protection? Or was that a cause of distraction? You know, really the root cause of that was distraction, right? It's just a different, different place. And then you just look all the socioeconomic stuff the, and inflation that goes on. So, you know, we put some of this together and some of this is also on this presentation, but you think about supply chain, you get deeper into supply chain issues and you can go on and on and on and find the ripple effect is what we would like to call it. So it's like that seven layers of separation from Kevin Bacon, you know, you can find something that is all related back to supply chain. You got work sequencing that's off because the supplies aren't there. You got substitution that occurs. You know, you've got the quality of the product that's different. You've got issues with uh, the timeliness. You, you've just disrupted the other, other trades. You, you know, you could plan all this out, Procore, and everybody's got these great, you know, project management programs. Do they work? Great, they do work great. But what's the big component of it is your supply chain when you get materials and goods at the install point. Even the last mile delivery is disrupted right now. So we was talking last night about last mile. It's, you know, it's, it's got issues. So there's a lot of components to supply chain that you can just keep going on and on and on with. So means and methods changes, you know, I would encourage you to explore that more. How are you, how is substitution working? One of the favorite terms of the, the underwriters that, that I work with like to use is a skilled labor supervising skilled labor. And then do they know what they're doing? So is it always skilled labor supervising skilled labor? No, not with what's going on with the workforce shortage. But then also, are they changing their means and methods? Did they have to substitute? Is there sequencing of work off? So there's a, there's a lot of pieces that and components to go into that. Think of the, uh, the freeze in Texas. Anybody from Texas? I know one over here is. Got some cowboy boots right here. Oh, one back there. So um, was it the, the greatest uh, group of workforce that came down to Texas whenever the freeze happened and all the pipes had to be fixed and put back in place? Were they all certified, qualified, master electrician, master plumbers, Jason? No. <laughs> so are we going to see some issues in the future, possibly? We had to get back up and running right fast. But What's it gonna look like construction defect-wise? So these means and methods can change. And it's, that's an old term that everybody hates. They don't know what they don't know. We don't know what we don't know in that aspect, so. And then employee shortages, we can go through that over and over and over, just talking to different people that have had those issues. You know, How do you get employees? How do you keep them? And it's not only the, the, the wage push. You know, Look at John Deere. How many work of their workforce is off? 10,000, offered 30% raises, no health insurance payments, all this good stuff. Nope, still, still denying that contract. So if it's happening there, it's happening across the realm. So project delivery, what's the favorite saying for, for contractors? I'm gonna be on time, on budget with high quality. And that's what you know everybody in the insurance world wants to hear too. Well, is that happening now? Is that able to be done? So that's a challenge. This gentleman here has got projects across the country. Is there parts of the country, Greg, that are better or worse in that aspect? Absolutely. So, you know, you think of if you're a national or a big regional operation, how much that impacts just your operations and, and how that flows out. So, and then construction defects. Favorite long tail thing, construction defects, right? Guy back here, John Fury, is laughing because he's, it's his favorite, favorite topics, construction defects, whether it's water intrusion or subsidence or whatever. All those things are going to come into play with the, the workforce issues, the resiliency of the workforce. And then you think about offsite manufacturing. How much stuff do you prefab? How much stuff do you, you do work where you get it delivered in? You know, you're doing precast, uh, offsite, having it delivered, you can't get it delivered. 
you know, what's the offsite manufacturing look like? Is it offshore or not? So Intel's a great example. Are they bringing the chip backs on, the chips back to Arizona and New Mexico? Anybody from that area would say, yes, he's shaking his head back there. I've been to Intel and I've been to the plants they're putting in Chandler and outside Albuquerque. They're gonna be huge, a lot of money and it's gonna flow in there, so. So with the workforce resiliency, some of the things I wanted to leave you with really was think of the distractions that the workforce is dealing with, whether that's management to the, to the boots on the ground to that first day on the job. You know, think of the labor, but also think of the fatigue, the mental fatigue and just the fatigue of dealing with everything that goes on. We was talking about social media and all the bombarded by everything. So social inflation is a big piece of that. Supply chain not only is on the job, but also in the home life. Who's, who's bought a new pickup? He thought about a new car. Anybody been able to find a new pickup? Those are kind of unicorns right now. And if you bought it, you're taking out a mortgage on it now for what the cost is. We've got contractors that are on their third round of orders for new vehicles. The oldest fleet in, 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 in modern history was in that 07, 08, 09. Guess what the oldest fleet is now? We're real close to being the oldest fleet in history during this pandemic. And it's not because the contractors don't have money. It's not that they don't have the means to get them. They just can't get them. Also, they're the least maintained fleet right now because who else has got workforce shortage? Those that are doing the maintenance, you can't find supplies, you can't find paper media to do the filters. It's just, it, it's that ripple effect we talked about earlier. Social inflation. Uh, you've heard of nuclear verdicts. They're doing nuclear verdicts all over the place. He's shaking his head over here. Yep, so what are some, what was the big one just this week with the airline? 380 million, something like that for an injury on, on the airport site. So, you know, just crazy numbers that we're seeing. So dynamic workforce environment, what's the definition of dynamic? Kind of constant change. So that's what we're in. So, but it is an opportunity also. And then site-specific safety plans. One I'll leave you with, I'm in my last couple of minutes here, is I've had a number of contractors have instituted COVID walks. Has anybody here heard of or do a COVID walk? So what a COVID walk is, is you walk the job site with COVID and that in mind. So just like a safety walk or a JHA, they're walking the site and say, okay, where do we have to change our means and methods? Where do we have to change our work process? Where are we gonna have to have separation? Where can we not go into a building to use the facility or the restroom? Where are we gonna to have to change the way we do work? Where are we gonna be out of sequence with our jobs? So that's, that's a code walk. And, they, and I have companies that have instituted this and they do it weekly before each project. Start of the week, they do a COVID walk along with their JHA and all those. So it's, it's very interesting, it's a good concept. A lot of digital solutions out there. I mean, MindForge did a presentation yesterday, it was outstanding, talked about you know, how do you train the workforce. Everybody in the world now, how do they consume? Right here. So if you don't have some type of training available to, the, to your cell phone that you can push and text, you're gonna be behind the eight ball long-term. And construction's done a pretty good job of keeping up with that, but that's one. And then think of strategies to secure that uh, qualified labor force. And whoever comes with that, up with that one, you know, you need to patent it and get it out there because one, you give back to the industry, but also it's, it's always a challenge, but you will definitely have a competitive advantage in that aspect, so thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Army Podcast, recorded at the Army Construction Risk Conference in November of 2021. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to automatically download future episodes and consider sharing it with your friends. Thanks for listening.